podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. And Ben, today we are moving away from movies a little bit, and we're going to move into a different type of media, which is uh, video games. I like it. I'm actually kind of excited about this episode. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be interesting because we are we obviously come from two very different video game generations, video game eras. Yeah, I mean, video games were already kind of established by the time I was like had access to them. Yeah, and I remember growing up with an Atari 2600. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, uh, we want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, first thing is that the headphones in the studio got fried because of a power surge, and so we're without headphones. <laughs> at least that's the hypothesis. Yes, at least that's what we think. Yeah. Um, also, we just feel like our last two episodes, we have just kind of gone over directors that we liked and kind of gushed over it. And while I think that that has some interest to people, I think that we also want to get into kind of the more nitty gritty of like what makes a genre, what makes a movie, what makes a movie good and bad, why people like movies and why they don't. A little bit more of like the esoteric philosophical ideas. Any any comments? Yeah, on that? no, I think that's exactly right. I think it's more so just some of the bigger questions of not just like, hey, guys, tell me what you like and why you like those things, because that's that's a conversation that you and I can have. And maybe some people find that interesting and Certainly, they will either agree or disagree with us. You know, in fact, maybe we could start like a poll online for Team Joey and Team Ben. I like it. You know, who, who agrees with Ben on on his perspective? Who agrees with Joey uh, for his his favorites or whatever? We'll uh, we'll throw some Facebook polls up for sure. Although I, I'm guessing though, you'll just get like people of from your generation that'll be like, Joey's right. Like, who, what's who's this See, old guy talking about? That's funny because people from my generation don't usually agree with me on my opinions on movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that would be kind of fun. Uh, uh, to do something like that. Yeah. Well, uh, keep an eye out for that on, on Twitter and Facebook yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I guess the, the bigger point is that rather than just having us sit in here and have this conversation about what we like and why we like, we'd like to get into a little bit more detail about why, right? Why Why is it that people like this? Or what is it about action movies? Uh, what makes a good action movie? What makes a good... Uh, what, like what even defines like an action movie or a genre of any type, right? I, exactly. Yeah. And so. focus a little bit more on the kind of bigger meanings of it all. What does it all mean, really? I think that's what we're getting at. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this is a, you know, we're new at this talking about movies on, on podcasts. So as we, as we mature in the length of, in the lifespan of this podcast, I'm sure so too will our conversations. I think some of the other profound artists out there would say that we're still trying to search for our voice. Yes. I think, <laughs> I think you're right. Um, so with that out of the way, um, I there is one more thing I wanted to do before we got into video games, which is last the, week. It's the airing of regrets. I, it is. So last week, uh, you recommended They Live. I did. And I did not like it. You were pretty, uh, you were consistent in your yes. your disapproval of that movie. Yep. Yes. And I, I stand by that I don't like it. But... Uh, if you listen to the trailer of this ep- of this not this episode of this podcast, uh, you will hear that I say Ben and I can always uh, if we don't see eye to eye, we can at least understand why we feel the way we do. I did not give Ben a I I, I fully admit that I do not, I did not give Ben like any opportunity to really make his point or argue his point. At least I feel like I didn't. So I am uh, giving you that opportunity now before we move on to uh, the main topic of this one. All right. Okay. So So They Live. Yeah. In defense of They Live, I think the things that I really like about it are a couple. There's actually a a couple or a few different things that I really like about it. Number one, I do kind of like the, the kind of not so subtle political message behind the whole thing, which is that there's this down and out kind of working class guy who all of a sudden starts to get uh, get get uh, turned on or whatever. He gets not turned on. He gets uh, 
he's he's made aware of some bigger plot, right? And he starts to investigate for himself and he just uncovers this big plot and he's like, yeah, actually all the conspiracies are true. We are actually being controlled by this, like uh, people who have ingratiated themselves with the elite and they're just controlling all the rest of the kind of working stiffs that are out there. Uh, so he takes it upon himself in a very, you know, 1980s action movie sort of way to arm himself with a shotgun and infiltrate the alien spaceship. And I just think that, you know, if you're going to have some sort of political message like that, why not just make it this ridiculous over the top sort of uh, starring a professional wrestler kind of kind of movie? Um, so I do think that's really nice. I like the the political message. I like the kind of over the top nature of it. It's a movie that you can laugh at, but still kind of have some sort of profound, you know, message behind the whole thing. Learning to see through what you're being presented with every day to try to uncover those underlying messages. That's why I often, I think I mentioned this last week too, is that I often show that in some of my my introductory like media classes, just because I think people. It at least, if they find it absurd or ridiculous, there's a point there, right? That you're being confronted with an advertisement or just whatever's appearing in magazines or television or whatever. Try to see beyond the surface level to actually what they're really trying to reinforce, those particular values that are being reinforced by those media messages. Which is something interesting that you brought up actually in class this week. In, oh my uh, gosh, yes, yes. In, you are in my class currently. Yes, <laughs> I am, that's right. which is funny. <laughs> in media economics. Yes. We, uh, we actually talked about this a little bit. But uh, that that aside, um, while I, I think the problem that I had with the movie is just from like a technical standpoint, like I, you're right. I actually do feel like the message of the movie is trying to make a point. And I think that it does make that point. I just feel like it does it in a boring and uninteresting bad movie way that like kind of cheapens that point for me. And I think that that's almost why I was so angry is like you were trying to make a good point and instead you just made a bad movie in my eyes. Sometimes the bad movies are the most enjoyable ways to get those messages. Had it been too overt, right? There was another movie that actually recently came out that looked like it was supposed to be the remake of They Live and it was called Branded. Okay. Okay. The trailer looked amazing. The movie itself was not good at all, <laughs> right? And I think it was because they actually tried to make a real movie out, out <laughs> of They Live. But but They Live stands, stands out and it sort of survives, I think, the test of time because of its camp, right? Yeah. Because of the totally overblown wrestling scene that we discussed. <laughs> because of the fact that the professional wrestler, Rowdy Roddy Piper... Uh, who, by the way, licensed his his nickname, Rowdy, to Rowdy Ronda Rousey as well, the <laughs> UFC fighter, MMA fighter. Um, and in fact, anyways, Rowdy Rowdy Piper had passed away right before uh, Ronda Rousey's fight against Bech Correa, this uh, Brazilian. I don't, I don't know anything about this. All right, this anyways, we're done. I'm, that, that's, that's all. <laughs> and, yeah. So anyways... The fact that Rowdy Roddy Piper dons these sunglasses, arms himself, and then infiltrates this like alien compound to just take it all down, to tear it all down, you know? Um, well, I, I don't necessarily agree, but I think we will leave it at that. Um, I do feel like I understand your point a little bit more. And the point of you are recommending the movie in the first place. Yes, and we, I guess we've now finally arrived at that position where we can agree to disagree. I, I will say, admit that last week I watched the movie like right before we recorded. <laughs> you watched and They Live right before? Like yeah. right before we recorded. Yeah. And so I was like a little bit angry 
that that movie just was bad. You were still on a high. I was still on a like, yeah. But I have calmed down since. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's, that, that was from last week. Let's move on to the topic this week, video games. Topic this week, video games. Yes, indeed. And so last week, I recommended Hollow Knight to you. Hollow Knight. Yes. yes. We've yes. both been playing it a lot. I think you've actually surpassed me in the game. Well, to be fair, I, you know, uh, this gets into stuff that probably listeners don't need to know, but, you know, we were right in between the winter mester here, which was like an intense time of instruction for three weeks. And then we've just begun now the spring semester. And uh, I needed a little bit of a break. So what I did is I kind of promised myself, like, I'm just not going to do anything except for play Hollow Knight, you know, and I did that over the weekend. So I put in, put in some good time into this game. Yeah. And... Where do we want to start a discussion? Um, I don't know. It's a good game, right? I think we can both agree on that. I I am actually really enjoying this game. No, me too. And like, I didn't think I would like it as much as I do. Me either. But I, I was it's, skeptical. It's like it's by far like one of my top games like that I've played in a long time. I would say I have the same feeling, probably for different reasons, but and we can talk about that. But I think that I'm 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 pleasantly surprised. Absolutely. And I think that what is even more enjoyable is the fact that it just continues to grow, like as you go through the game. Yeah, it just it doesn't it keeps getting bigger and bigger and grander in scope and more interesting and convoluted. So let's let's talk let's, about it a little bit. Yeah, like let's what it is. give the premise of the whole uh, thing. It's kind of like if you've ever played the original Metroid. It's that Metroidvania style game. And it's, the Vania, of course, coming from Castlevania. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little history note. Yes, you're right. No, yeah. <laughs> um, Inside scroller, you go up and down. It's kind of like, you know, if you don't know anything about video games, imagine like the original Mario Brothers, which everyone knows. Like you're running side to side and you're jumping on platforms, except much more streamlined, fluid, and you're a bug. <laughs> you're a bug in, in a sort of a dark, an, sad world. In a dark, sad kind of seemingly not not quite abandoned, but it's certainly an like kind lonely. of an alien and lonely world. And they do a really good job of creating atmosphere. With a game where you're like, it's he's kind of adorable. Like your main character is like this adorable bug dude. He yeah yeah. Everything and in this game is like cute, but sad. like there's this really cute little beetle in the game, and he's mining, and you hear him singing, and you're like, this is a nice song. And then as you get closer, it displays text above him of what his song is about, and he's like, I buried my mother, I buried my father, I buried my brothers and my sisters too. And you're like, oh my god. Yeah, I would say it's <laughs> definitely on the like more of like the cure side. And I'm saying like the cure side of like pop music, which is kind of like sad and dark, but still fun yes. and like poppy at the same time. <laughs> uh, I feel like maybe people will appreciate the cure reference because it it's exactly that. It's like pop music for sad people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that that's what initially drew me in. It's got a really interesting at first. It's just like kind of dark blues and black and white and gray. Mm -hmm. um, and then like you go into like there's a this. Like the second area you go into in the game for most people is like this green lush garden. And then you end up in like all these really interesting, every area of the game is very unique. And I think what else is unique is you can get to them in any order. There's no like, it's not linear. Within within certain bounds, right? Yes. There, you, there are spots that do not open up until you acquire a certain ability or something else. Which is really right? cool because like... In the first area, there's all, there's all these places you can't access, but as you go further on in the game, you have to keep revisiting that first spot to because now you have a new ability that allows you to access more of the map. And I would say that's a really important point because it, like, usually when you're talking about like video games like this, it's like, oh, you need to go visit so-and-so in this town, you know, and yeah. then you get a little marker on your map of where you need to go. 
But there's none of that in this game, to, right? If you even like, want to see where you are on the map, you have to like sacrifice a very critical... Like, you have these slots for charms, and you have to mm -hmm. sacrifice one of those critical slots, so instead of having your sword swing further away from you, now you have to be able to see where you are on the map, and, like, that's, like, you have to make those choices in this game. It's true. Actually, uh, it's interesting side note. I unequipped the, the compass one time, and then I had to go back, and I'm like, I just I just need to know, because it's just easier for me. It's just too hard to, like, remember yeah. where you are. Yeah. The game is massive. It is it's massive. Huge. I, we have not seen it all. No, not at all. And I think that's one of the other things that that is very interesting is that, you know, if you if you, it truly is kind of like a Metroid in that sense that Metroid had all these different areas, um, you know, and you were exploring this kind of literally alien planet, Zebes, by the way, and uh, you know you would just encounter enemies. Uh, maybe you'd run into a boss somewhere, and you need to get certain things to to beat that boss. Um, in this one. It's just sort of a gradual build, right? The game is seemingly simple, but then as you acquire new abilities, as you encounter new enemies, it just gets more complicated and big, but there's always something new. Like if you don't know where to go, you just start exploring again and kind of that, that the, you know, the element of exploration is never, it never feels dull because mm -hmm. you can revisit, like you said, the first place you begin in the game and things will change, Yeah, you know, depending on your position in the game. So it's fun. Yeah, and I think that that's indicative of good game design, right? So if you want to go for a more broader like sense, like progression in a game that doesn't make it feel like you're just moving right. <laughs> like, yes. You're not just yeah. moving right. Yeah. You're going up and down, left and right, in every direction. And it's you're progressing in kind of a natural way instead of a, this like kind of fabricated way like I think a lot of video games do. Yeah. And for that matter, uh, any media. Like good media, I feel, doesn't necessarily hold your hand um, and it doesn't like it's not just like step one step two steps three step four and then ending right it's like you know you can go in multiple paths you can see it in multiple ways and you can approach it in different ways and you're going to get something different out of it than someone else is going to get there but at the same time you're kind of having the same experience while having a totally different experience i don't know if i explained that very well but maybe the last part is a little confusing but actually as you were talking about what it makes for like good game design or good piece of media anyways i glanced down at uh, our upcoming segment which yeah. is where we're going to talk about three video games that were influential to us and i was like wait do i have all of these kind of like lame linear games on my list oh and that's okay but, uh, because you know that's where games started yeah and i don't i don't uh, <laughs> i you know some of them are yes but yeah. for different reasons yeah. they're they're sort of different games on on my list but yeah i would say hollow knight is is a really and it's an independent game, right? So it's published on through Steam, right? You can get it through yeah, Steam. Yeah, I think I think it's on Xbox and uh, PlayStation as well. Really? Okay. Yeah, but it's just on like their like store, like their indie store. Or I think I tried searching for it, but I couldn't find it. I I, I could be wrong, but yeah. I, I think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, it's so yeah, really, really kind of a cool game, and truly in that kind of like it has the sort of darkness of you know, Castlevania and the alien exploration of Metroid. And that's why I think that the the description of a Metroidvania style game is is apt. It's also, um, and I, I don't think you have played this game, um, but Dark Souls, which is actually on my list of influential games, it's very influenced by Dark Souls, um, okay. which we can get to when we get into influential games, which uh, I, I guess we could go ahead and do now. Yeah, I mean, why not? And we'll, we'll definitely come back and talk about Hollow Knight, I think, because... I think it draws from a lot of things. I think it's kind of this culmination of like, like there's been a lot of good video games in the past like five to ten years. Um, I think they've been moving forward a lot. There's a lot more money going into them. 
And I think that what Hollow Knight kind of represents is like it's an indie developer. They're not a big studio. They have a very interesting take on things. This bug world and it's this dark bug world. It's weird. Um, and didn't you say that it it's all like hand drawn as I, well? I don't know if it's hand. It might it might be. It's a lot of it. I I know. I th- it might be. I could be okay. wrong on that. The but animation is is really it's it's cool very, and interesting, it, which is it's, great. It's, it's it's very tight. Yeah, the controls are tight. The gameplay's tight. It's 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 and it's interesting to even just watch people play it. I think because you there's always a sense of wonder, like what's next, what's what's coming up. Why is that big bug like all blue and orange or whatever? You know, there's always weird things around the corner that you're not expecting. Yeah. Um. But so okay. So I think that this would be like one of the most influential games for me actually like recently, but it's not one of the most influential games of all time for me. Um, okay. Ben, why don't you give me? You want to just go through all three of them? Do we want to do all three, or do we? Because I, I guess yeah. I haven't, I haven't really rank ordered them. I, I guess necessarily either. either. Yeah. Um, um. But you are you. I, I think you should do yours just because you are older than me. Well, you're uh, twelve years older than I am. I think. I'm actually, 12. today is my birthday, Joey. Happy birthday! I yes. can't believe you're agreeing to record on your birthday. Yeah, but. it's uh, you know, work during the day and then have fun tonight. So all yes, right. uh, but I'm here on my birthday. So yeah, I'm what thirty six today. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So you're. Uh, so I'm coming up on 23, so you're, you're like 13 years 13, old. 13, yeah. Um, okay. So with 13 years on me to uh, experience video games before me, uh, when was your what was your first video game? What was your very first one? Do you oh remember? my goodness, the first video game. Well, okay. So my my dad had, as I said, an Atari 2600. How and old I, were you when you? Uh, you know, it it, it was. I, I was trying to remember this because. It was in our house, certainly, from mm-hmm. the time I was born, but, like, the time that I pulled it out and started, you know, uh, playing the games, I mean, I, I was probably young. I mean, I must have been, like, five, six, mm-hmm. something like that. And what would happen is my cousin, I had an older cousin who would come over, and we would have, like, what we would call kind of, like, just this grand tournament between us. Yeah. and. We would play each other in the games, and then whoever had the highest score or got the furthest in a particular game would add that game to his stack. And then whoever had the <laughs> biggest stack uh, of the games at the end would win the tournament. And so I never won because I, I was totally outnumbered. You know, he was older than me and, you know, much better uh, game player. But uh, I remember beating him in some games eventually, and, like, he would he just kind of, like, had this surprised look on his face, like, oh, this little kid, uh, you know. Think, thinks he's kind of stepping up here or whatever. So <laughs> I, I don't exactly remember the, I mean, I remember a lot of those old games, um, but certainly like, you know, Pitfall, which, which is yeah. kind of Pitfall, Pitfall 2, uh, obviously like Super Breakout, Berserk is another one, Barnstorming is another one, Defender is another <laughs> one. I, mean, I, could, I could list them all. There was like bowling games and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, but, okay. Yeah, so- all, all of those games were there. <laughs> And so now, what are your three most influential games, and when did you play them? All right, so the three f- most influential games, so we'll just do all of them at yeah, this point? Yeah, just all go right. for it. I, I have down here, I have GoldenEye 007 uh, okay. yeah. for the Nintendo 64, um, and then I'll talk about that a little bit later, maybe <laughs> why. Uh, but anyways, GoldenEye is on there. Uh, Mega Man 2 okay. for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And then I'm also going to go for a Super Nintendo game, uh, The Secret of Mana. Okay. Yes. Now, these are all, like, I've heard of all of these. These are critically renowned, like, this is what influenced a lot of video game designers now. These ga- these were the games. And you were there to play them. Mm-hmm. And I, it's funny, I kind of have this weird sense of, like, I missed out. Like, I was, like, 
you know, and you kind of, everyone always kind of has that, you know, whatever year you're born, you're like, if I was just born a little earlier, like I could have been there for like that thing. But like I did, I missed out on these. I'm, I, when I, I got a GameCube when I was like 11 was my first video game system. I got a Game Boy Color and I got my tonsils out when I was eight, but I don't remember playing it at all. Hmm. But so these are the games that, um, like I've heard about and like, I've, I've, I've kind of dabbled in them that I've never really like played them all the way through or anything. Um, yeah. So tell me, like, why they impacted you? Is it like the gameplay? Is it the story? Um, is it kind of everything? So I chose each one of these games for a different reason. Um, but I would say that uh, GoldenEye, for example, GoldenEye 007. Um, is it the best game in history? No. Uh, but it is, was like, does it have the best graphics? No. But what was amazing about it, and I think that probably many people out there could could relate to this, is the fact that like. It was one of the first times where you could connect four controllers to a single console and have this multiplayer first-person shooter, and it was epic, right? We would just have, like, epic parties, right, with friends all over to play Nintendo 64, GoldenEye, sniping people, uh, using the clob, you know, <laughs> uh, fun characters from the James Bond movies like Baron Samdi, uh, Odd Job, you know, yeah. uh, just all of that. I would say, and, and sh- certainly, so because I should also say, um, I never owned GoldenEye 007. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it was always my friend Dave. We'd go to Dave's house in his parents' basement, right, and uh, and play GoldenEye. But I probably logged, certainly because of that, logged many more hours on the multiplayer I don't even know that I played through the full single player like campaign of <laughs> GoldenEye, but it's it made my list because of just the memories of getting together with friends and just trying to, you know, trying to, you know, play the game, trying to kill each other and it was like through the game and it was just it would turn into like epic battles, you know. Yeah, well it's the the, the memories, right? Of yeah. and, and that's like I think that that's on a lot of like people's list around your age where it's like this is it just it was the the game of the the time right and it influenced so many things moving forward it was a major development and i would say just the first person shooter because it Mm -hmm. was like it was the thing to do at that time like if you were playing video games like you wanted to play goldeneye you wanted to be in a goldeneye tournament you wanted to you know everybody had their preferred character they had the preferred gun They, they you know i just remember that was one of the first games where I think the kind of map knowledge really yeah. came into play where you could you could get these even if it was like a small little glitch like you hide in like a, a corner or a little corner or even like in a a vent, a vent right like one of the <laughs> like uh, an air duct or something like that you'd hide in there you place a proximity mine in there because you knew somebody would be there later and oh look they just got blown up by one of your mines that you put there yeah so so much fun f- uh, had from that game and. Certainly, it's on my list because of the social aspect yeah. of that game. Um, do you actually want to like go to me now? I now yeah. I, I'm like I'm thinking of it, and I'm like we should do like old and new. Maybe. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's okay. do it. So that was yeah. So you, we know your list. Yep, you got Goldeneye, uh, Mega Man, Man Two, 2. Mm-hmm. and uh, Secret of Mana. Yes, Secret of Mana. Um, so my list is Dark Souls, which is a much newer game. I think it came out in like 2006, seven. Okay, probably, probably older than that actually. So a very recent game actually. Um, Dark Souls, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, uh, and Battlefield Bad Company 2. Um, and none of these games other than, ma- well, Dark Souls and Mario Sunshine, but Battlefield is not necessarily like renowned as like a industry changer. I think all three of your games have kind of changed the industry in some way or another. 
Um, I will start with uh, Mario Sunshine. Okay. Just because it was like the first game I got on a GameCube. So the GameCube was the first console I got. Um, I got it for, I think, Christmas or maybe my birthday. Um, and we got Kirby Air Ride, which is like renowned. It's a very rare game now. It's expensive to find it. Um, and it's, a, it's a very good game. Um, but it, it didn't impact me as much as Mario Sunshine because Mario Sunshine was the first game where like that I played. And it, Mario Sunshine is a really good game because it's unique. It's weird, but it holds all those Mario elements while still like kind of going in a weird direction with like this like weird water spraying thing. I don't know if you've ever played it or not. I'm trying to think if I have. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. The GameCube was sort of the beginning of a gap in yes. my video game playing. Like I've, I've picked it up now again, but... I knew people that would play the GameCube, and I, but I don't know that I've ever played Super Mario Sunshine. I, I certainly, I think I've seen it. I think I know which one it is, but I actually can't say for sure because I think I may be getting it confused with like Paper Mario. Okay. Also, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was like a 3D Mario game. Um, you ran around the world, and you went to these different areas that were kind of open world, and it kind of did expand on itself, kind of like Hollow Knight in a way. Um, it did have like a hub world, and then like you would go to like offshoots, and then they would grow and grow and grow. Um, but I think what really, really like got me was just like, I wasn't good at games cause I hadn't played games then, you know, it was like the first like controller I had held and like used. And I remember like the first boss is this big flower dude in a windmill and, uh, like he, like, he like spits like mud on you and it hurts you. This sounds very Mario, by yes. the way. <laughs> um, and you have like this like water jet pack that you can like fly or you can use it to like spray and clean the mud. Right. And I couldn't beat it. Like I just, it was the first boss, and I was like, I, I was like, I can't play. I hate video games. <laughs> What's <laughs> okay. the point of these things? I can't beat it. I, I don't understand. Like I can't progress. And my, I remember really good memories with my dad and my little brother, and we would just sit there and try to beat it, and none of us could do it because none of us had any experience playing a Mario game before, especially a 3D one. Um, and I remember I kind of just like gave up, and I would just play Kirby Air Ride because it was a lot easier. Like I could, there was like a free roam mode in Kirby Air Ride, so I would just like run around and like make myself invincible all the time and be like, haha, this is great. So this is Kirby, like Kirby the little... The pink puffball. Puff, yeah, the puffball. Yeah. Because it's interesting that you said that because as soon as you said Kirby's Air Ride or whatever, I thought, oh my gosh, I completely forgot about the Game Boy games that I played, Yeah. of which Kirby's Dreamland was one of them. <laughs> it was a great, it was a great fun the game. The first game I ever played... Before I even got the Game Boy Color, when I got my tonsils out, was my babysitter, uh, Wendy. She had a original black and white Game Boy, and she had the original Mario for the Game Boy. And I remember I played that, and I beat it. You know what's funny about that is that I was just back home in in Wisconsin, and in my parents' basement, I found the original Game Boy still perfectly functioning, and my yeah. games are there. So like, Those I things, did. So that, that'll survive a nuclear blast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there was a Metroid 2, I believe, for That's that, awesome. which was, I spent a lot of time on that. Um, and then also, the, the original Mortal Kombat, there was a Mortal <laughs> Kombat for Game Boy, which was not good, really, but anyways... <laughs> But um, yeah, so so that that's Mario for me. Um, okay. It's just it was hard, and but I finally beat it after like a year. Like I would, re I finally like revisited it and I beat that boss. And then I just kept progressing and kept progressing and kept progressing, um, and it was awesome. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here because yeah. I think that one of the things that is the that will often mark the hallmark. Does that make sense? <laughs> Anyways, it provides a hallmark of of someone's favorite game is like a sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Like that game was so hard and yet I did it. did it. And actually just really quickly to revert back to Hollow Knight, I think Hollow Knight does that very well. It gives you that such you get, a good sense of accomplishment. Yeah, once you finally beat 
you know, the Soul Master, been, for example. <laughs> so I have been stuck on the Soul. We've been talking about this for like a week now. I've been stuck on this boss and Ben beat him before I did. So you are further than me. And right before we recorded this episode, I beat the Soul Master and I can finally progress in the game. And it's taken me like a week to do it. Yeah. And I mean, it's it when you reach that point, you're like, oh, like I just I can't play this anymore. I need a break. I and did. Then, I set it down for a couple. And days. then you come back and you if you finally beat it, you're like, OK, all right. Well, now what's next? Yeah. Right. And now you kind of get that little burst of energy. You're like, yeah. I did it, right? I can I can advance to the next part of the game. Yeah. And I'm just going to I'm just going to jump in really quick here and say um this is going to be a long episode. It's okay. Video <laughs> games there's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to talk about. We also had a lot of housekeeping at the beginning and I had to apologize. So we're just going to uh, we're just going to go for it on this one. Don't worry about time. Let's do it. I still got <laughs> I still got some conversation left Oh, in we me. have a lot of conversation left. We're just going to yeah. yeah. Um okay, so that's Super Mario Sunshine for me. Yep. Um that sense of accomplishment. Yep. And that's why I loved it. Also, as a kid, like Mario is kind of just like awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's I think Nintendo still does a really good job of designing games that are highly accessible and fun, but challenging at the same time. For Christmas, my brother got a Switch, and he got yeah. the new Zelda for it. And I'm always like, "Hey, what you doing? Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I get that Switch for a second? I know. <laughs> I always am trying to like steal it away from him whenever I'm home. Yeah. Um, and I he never will let me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, actually, let me let me kind of spin off of what. Uh, you just said there, and and talk a little bit about Mega Man Two. Yes, let's go for because it. Because number your, your one, your second most influential game. Yeah, yeah. Number one, I would say that Mega Man Two, still to this day, I believe, has the best soundtrack of any video game I have played. Even to this day, I can be walking the halls of this very building, the journalism school, where I am now a, an assistant professor of media studies, and I will get you know, the Flashman theme song in my head, <laughs> which probably says more about my childhood than it does, or me maybe per, uh, currently now, but I love the soundtrack to this game. And in fact, some of my friends will tell you that I became very well known for being able to like, uh, kind of reproduce the, the, mm. the video game sounds, you know, like the, the, so people are like, how can you remember that music? It's like, well, it's just a loop played over and over as you play the game. So if you play the game enough, it just gets ingrained, ingrained in your memory, your head, right? Yeah. So anyways. And I think I, another thing is like, you're, you're a big music guy. I do. I, yeah, you're I a, really. So like, you've been very influenced by music, I think, your whole life. And yeah, now you're in absolutely. a band and everything, so. Absolutely, yes. Um, it makes sense that that would be. Here's the funny story about Mega Man 2. All right. I never beat... Mega Man 2. I never <laughs> defeated the entire game I until... Never Sun I never beat Mario Sunshine. Until, I would say it was probably about five years ago or something. Like, I went back and played it again. Really? And I was finally able to beat it. But let me tell you the this story. And this is, this is also why I picked it, because it was a difficult game. It's just a kind of classic side-scrolling, run-and-gun uh, sort of game collecting different um, weapons as you defeat bosses on your way to get to Dr. Wily's castle, right? Okay. And so after you beat all eight kind of mini bosses or whatever, you know, the Mr. Heats, the 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 uh, uh, metal, metal Man, you know, Air Man, you know, like a leaf man Bubble or Man, Wood Man. Wood Man. Yeah, he's okay. got, yeah. Uh, Flash Man, Crash Man. Anyways, <laughs> we don't have to go through them all. I think I, I, think I just got them all. Oh, Quick Man. All right, okay. okay. Anyway. <laughs> You beat all those, and then the center selection tile opens up, and you can go to uh, Dr. Wily's castle. And when you arrive at Dr. Wily's castle, it's a sort of large uh, building with a skull on it. And then you you advance through different stages. There are like four different stages on your way to get to Dr. Wily. And each one of the, at the end of each one of those stages, there's another boss. 
I was playing on my original Nintendo Entertainment System. One, I think it was it was definitely in the summer, and I had gotten all the way to the third level of Doctor Wily's castle. That's one before Doctor Wily. Okay. Um, and I paused my game, and oh, my no. father, my father asked me to go outside and mow the lawn or something. Oh no! And I said, "All right, just let me. You know, I've I've, I've got pretty far here. Let me do this." Blah blah. blah. I'm like, he's like, just pause the game, you know? And he got, he was more upset with me than that. But he's like, just pause the game, go outside, kid. So I paused the game. I went out and mowed the lawn. I come back in. No. And what had he done? He turned off, power off on the NES. Oh, my God. And here's the you upsetting did, did you, thing. you, like, run away? It was, it was honestly one of the first times I, I literally shed a tear because I was like, you don't understand oh. how long it took me to get to that stage and you just reset it and he's like you are a child you are getting upset over a video game but i was like it's so difficult to get there and and the kicker is you can put in a code but that passcode gets you to dr wiley's castle the first stage and so then you have to pass all those stages again yeah right and so i was like i just gave up on it for years and yeah. then i finally went back and beat it and it was a sense of accomplishment but yeah. anyways it was one of those memories of like yeah, it was probably not healthy, right, to to get so upset about the video game. But you know, your dad. I, I think power. that I think that like, and my parents have this too. Like, they don't really understand them. Um, they mm -hmm. they grew up before video games, and and that's fair. I mean, I'm sure there will be things when like I'm an old person. I'm like, what is? Why are you putting? Why are you drinking contact lens juice? I don't know. What is? <laughs> do people do that? What is no, that? Exactly. Like in the future, we're not going to understand what people are doing. And so it's going to not make sense to me. Drink some saline <laughs> solution. Like, exactly. Right. I don't keep know. You alive. That was a terrible. <laughs> that was a terrible. <laughs> but, um, you know, and so I think that video games, they do. They're, they're, I, I think that that's what's the thing about my list for at least two of the three is that they're hard. They're, and being difficult really does give you a sense of accomplishment. And, like, I didn't realize that until I got to my next game, Dark Souls. Okay. I didn't play Dark Souls until I was in high school. So probably my freshman or sophomore year of high school. Played it on my PC. Um, and uh, it's it's known. It's, like, a notoriously difficult game. Um, it, it's, it's really cool. It's just, like, this... It's You're just a knight with a sword... Maybe a little bit of magic, but magic's pretty rare usually. Um, and you're just you're fighting monsters and dragons. It's just like you're stereotypical. But it's um, what's interesting actually, and this is kind of a side note, is it's made by a Japanese developer, and they're trying to make an American style game. So okay. Japanese games are usually turn-based. American style games are usually uh, real time. And so it has this weird like. What's cool about it is like it's kind of this like Japanese vision of what America American games are at least. Hmm. Um, but then it's also super hard. It's just difficult. But nothing in the game is ever like the game's fault, right? It's all if when you die, when you have to get sent back, it's your fault. And when you die and get sent back, you lose all of your money. Every, yeah, I've heard and, this about this and, game. And not only like, and you use money to level up and to buy weapons and to upgrade those weapons. And so like when you lose it all, it 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 hurts. Yeah. Um, and so. This was the first time I've like been like I'm gonna try to beat a really hard game, and I remember when I beat it finally. It took me a while, but it it wasn't as bad as I actually thought it would be, um, because I really did put in the effort to like get good at this game, mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's what's really interesting about video games is like 
I kind of got bored. I got to an extent where, like, I got to a point where video games were pretty easy. Like, I think a lot of video games these days hold your hand. You don't have to try. There's no game over screen, right? This game. This this is why I think that people missed out. I mean, I I still think that to this day, I think the Nintendo Entertainment System is. I mean, granted, I'm biased, but (laughs) that is the best console that has ever existed. Yeah. Well, because it's challenging. Games are challenging, totally challenging. The controls are always tight, especially because, like, with the technology they had, they couldn't go super crazy. Great music. Great music. <laughs> um, and great games. And I mean, good games. Really great and, games. And I think that, like, yeah, I think the sense of accomplishment is heightened when the game is hard. Um, and that's something that's very unique to video games that you don't get in movies or music or... Although I will say... There are certain like bands that are like it's kind of hard to get through like this 20 minute song. But like when you get through it you kind of do feel a sense of accomplishment. And like there are movies too. Um I just watched um Synecdoche, New York or Synecdoche. Synecdoche. Whatever. Synecdoche, New York is what I'm going to call yeah. it Synecdoche. by Kaufman. Yeah. Um and it's not like an enjoyable movie to watch. It's kind of a grind. But like when you finish it you kind of get this sense of like wow, I made it through and like you kind of have a better perspective of it because of that. And I think I'll also just jump in here and say this. This is one of the reasons that I really enjoy like math rock or like really complex. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Ex- complex. Well, we'll have to do a, mu- we'll, de- we'll get into some music a little bit later. We'll definitely but, do some music. But it's all, I take it as almost like an intellectual challenge. Like where is the melody in this thing? Or is there not supposed to be one, right? Yeah. Like how is it structured? So I, I agree with that. Like in, in terms of there's some enjoyment about trying to f- decipher something, right? And, to and figure it out. So like, yes. And so new games to me, the ones that are easy and I find very boring are like sitcoms, right? I don't yeah. like, yeah. I think sitcoms are boring. There's the, like laugh the, tracks. Yeah. The Big Bang Theory, like I don't enjoy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, although I, I will say I do enjoy Friends from time to time, but that's pretty much the only one that I, is that in Scrubs? <laughs> But for anybody, yeah, because this is going, I I made a face about his friend's comment, but I was going to say you don't have any heart, but I mean, okay, whatever. Friends Friends, friends, is not a good good show. But we're not, let's not go down that road yet. (laughs) We'll get the sitcoms eventually. What are you on right now? Which, which game are you on? So Dark Souls. All right. And so, I mean, and there's not much to say about it. You're a knight. You fight dragons. It's 3D too. Um, it's difficult and it's beautiful. I really love it. Again, it's very, very similar to Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight is heavily, heavily inspired by Dark Souls. Um, it's it, Hollow Knight is a 2D Dark Souls with bugs as far as I'm concerned. It's almost the same. So I think that you would actually like Dark Souls. Maybe. Um, it, it, it's very good. It, it's very tight controls. It's very difficult. And it gives you a very, very good sense of both progression and accomplishment. And the design of the levels is very similar to Hollow Knight. We're like, you can like go down this path and like all of a sudden you're like that's a there's a giant skeleton and I definitely am not strong enough to fight that so I have to go a different direction. But then eventually like you're like really far into this forest and like you loop around you turn this corner and you're like oh my god I'm back to that skeleton that was at the beginning of the game that I couldn't fight. Well, how does this all loop together? There's no map. It's just geniusly all intertwined in this crazy convoluted ball, hmm. and it all it, it's really it all loops back to itself, and okay. it's really interesting to like see that and experience it. Like you turn a corner and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm back to the very first spot in the game. And I never even noticed that there was that little cliff on the left side that like, that's where that goes to. Um, Mm. And so I think that that like gives you a really cool sense of progression. And also it, it makes you feel like you're part of a really like intricate living world. Interesting. Um, And so on top of the sense of accomplishment, which I think is like the main reason that I love this game. And it's been so influential in my life because from going forward with this game, 
I now seek out challenging games because I enjoy them more compared to in the past. And on top of that, like I think it's just a beautiful, well-designed, smart uh, game with also great music. It's very um, opera. <laughs> operatic operatic yes. okay so that's that's dark souls for me so All go right. ahead and uh well i'm gonna go f- i'm gonna go full linearity well not, right. not full linearity but but certainly more linear um is the secret of mana yeah. um I mean, and this is an rpg so we haven't talked about rpgs yet we haven't talked about rpgs and let me just let me just preface this by saying that my favorite game of all time is not on my list and i feel a little bit bad but i think i can make a very important connection here my favorite game of all time is the original Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, I still know which, you know, walls to bomb, which bushes to burn, where all the secrets are. It's just one of those games that I kind of, I, I feel like I completely finished the game. Which is like, a testament to everything. like video games, right? Yeah. Like the fact that you still remember that. Yeah. On top of the music from Mega Man, like. Just like, you know, the code to get to Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's punch out is 00737359636. I will never forget that number in my entire life. Yeah. Right. But but here's the thing. So Zelda was amazing because it was open to a certain degree. You entered into dungeons, um, oftentimes out of order, but then you'd have to go back and, you know, you had to beat them in order in order to get there. But and so I could just I could go on about The Legend of Zelda. It's a great game. But to connect this to The Secret of Mana, the thing that was great about The Secret of Mana is that it took all of the great things, this kind of real-time action RPG element, and made it so you could play cooperatively with a friend. And so sitting again at my friend Dave's basement on his Super Nintendo, he and I would log hours trying to get through bosses, boss battles, trying to strategize in real time, like, hey, okay, go over there, you use this. Okay, hey, cast your spell, cast your spell, cast your spell. You know, I need to be healed or whatever. And I just loved the story. I loved the artwork, the music, and that is great as well. And you have these three different characters that you could all, all of a sudden, like, change their tactics. You could switch to that character to cast a spell. You could switch to the other character to use the weapon. Um, there's just, it was much more complex, and it was just a really good... Um, combination of all of those things that I loved about Zelda, but it also became, in my mind, it's it's one of my, I, it's one of my favorite RPGs. I mean, aside from Zelda, I think Secret of Mana is right there, and I love the cooperative aspect of it. Yeah, and I think that that's another big thing in games is I love cooperative games too. Yeah, um, I really like working with people. Um, I think that that's, I, I, and I like those in board games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which there are like a lot more coming out. Um, I like playing against people, but I always, when I beat somebody, if I know them, I, <laughs> it's funny. Like I usually feel bad. I don't actually like get like a, in your face. Like you suck. It's more of like a, oh, maybe I shouldn't have won because now you feel bad about yourself. And when I lose, I'm like I hate it. But <laughs> it it depends on the friend though. It right? also depends on the friend. Some friends <laughs> feels some, really good to beat. Some friends it just feels really good to say, all right, yeah, you deserve get that. wrecked. You know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Cooperative, I think, is always nice because it really gives you a sense of accomplishment. And I love games that force you to work with people. Like, you cannot win without the help of somebody else. And they cannot win without the help of you. Uh, it's really, like, I think that that's a really good, like, bonding moment for people, um, which you get in certain games and not in other ones. But, yeah. So yeah just create those memories with, with friends, yeah. you know? It's, like, a really important um, part. So, speaking of creating memories... Um, my third game. Yeah, let's do it. Is uh, and this is hard for me, uh, because I, I have a lot of like games that I think are pretty influential and like stuff. But um, th- and this one is not like groundbreaking in any means, really. But Battlefield Bad Company Two. 
I've never even heard of this game. <laughs> You've heard of the Battlefield games, right? I think so, yeah. Okay, it's like Call of Duty kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I loved about Battlefield is the is massive maps. It's modern combat, just, you know, AK-47s and whatever. Um, and you work, you know, it's team versus team. It's online. So it's an online multiplayer shooter. Um, there's a story too, but it, it's really about the online experience. And I think that that's what a lot of video games are about these days. Um, and while this may not have been like the first one, I think that like the first modern shooter, like the multiplayer shooter was probably Call of Duty 4, um, Modern Warfare. But this was kind of a product of that, and I think it did it in a more interesting way. Um, it was very difficult. It was Their maps were huge, and it was just like one open thing, and to like even get across the map would take you like probably 15 minutes on foot or something, right? And there were helicopters, and there were tanks. And there were Humvees, and like so, I remember there was this one map, and like there was this big—it's a big desert, and it's all open, and there was a big uh, boat in the middle of it that was like like it had been there for centuries or whatever. And you would like you just like roll out with your group, right? There'd be a helicopter and a Humvee and a tank, and you're all running together, and you're just like going to like charging this thing, and like if you're not in a vehicle or something, you're just gonna get sniped, and you're done, and you have to start back from the beginning. Um, and just kind of that scale and that epicness of that, uh, I put a lot of hours into that when I was in middle school, I remember, um, <laughs> and like in high school. Um, I got pretty good at it. I, I got really good at that game. Um, but I think that that was the first game where like multiplayer against uh, like another team was really cool to me, and it was it was hard. Um, but it was it was really a comp. The games last forever, um, and it was just really it was a really neat neat experience to like feel that like grand. Like, this is war, and it's like these are the people that you're going in with. And so I played that with my friends a lot, and we always had a really good time. Someone would play the engineer, someone would play the sniper, someone would play the medic. Um, and so that just, it, it's nothing, the game is nothing special, although I think it is heralded as like a pretty good multiplayer shooter. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just the memories, right? And yeah. that's what video games, I think, for most people are, right? It's just you build memories either by yourself or with people. Um, what I find interesting is that neither of us really talked about the stories of any games. Um, I, I would I would also put, I mean, actually, that's one of the things that I also really appreciated about at least The Secret of Mana. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly Mega Man 2 and GoldenEye, like, you know, you know what the story of GoldenEye is. Mega Man 2 is like, I could I don't have to have a lot of character development there. You yeah. know, I just want to run and gun sort of shooter. Yeah. Um, but The Secret of Mana I really enjoyed because it, it dealt with that kind of, you know, mana, right? The essence of the universe and, mm. and where it was. And all of that I found really, really interesting as well. Um, and I just really liked that story. And I, I felt somewhat invested in the characters because there was character development to a certain degree behind each one of the three characters. You start off as just one person, you end up with three people in your party, and then you continue to meet new people, new you know, species and stuff throughout the way. And I, I just, I really liked that, um, that story. The best story for me is um, the Mass Effect games. There's, oh, there's okay. There's three yeah. parts and it's like, it's just epic. It's like Star Wars for me. Yeah. Um, and Star Wars, we're going to do an episode on. We got to do an episode on just Star Wars because that's, right. I, I have a lot to say about it, but um, <laughs> we'll get to that in the future. <laughs> um, but yeah, M Mass Effect for me was just this epic, just sci-fi opera. Um also a very influential game. Didn't make it on my list, but uh, right. honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, we may have to do like, I wonder if we could do like, uh, maybe in the future we could break it out by either console or, or types of games. Yeah. yeah, because I think just even having this conversation, like there, it's, there it's are so a bunch, much. there's a bunch of games on my list that I, you know, we don't have time to talk about, no. quite frankly. But it's, it's so, it's such a big thing. And, and quite frankly, for those friends who are out there who I play other games with that didn't make this, and if you're listening to this, like 
I'll, I'm going to get you, right? Because yeah. like, I'll get, I'll get, there to, are I'll games, get to Rainbow Six. I almost feel bad for not having them on. Oh, you me know? too. Me so, too, for sure. So yeah, um, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's, maybe we'll circle back. Yeah, a we'll definitely bit. circle back to video games. I think um, next week we're going to go back to movies for a bit and then maybe yep. some music, but we'll definitely make our way back to video games for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, now we're going to do uh, the emergent culture. Emergent culture, yes. The emergent culture. Now part. comes the time of the program for emergent culture. And we thought, you know, appropriate to the theme is that we would watch a trailer for an upcoming video game. Um, and yeah. so this one I think we're going to watch is called uh, The Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, I don't know anything about this game. I know yeah. it's for PS4, but you just mentioned it the other week, and that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, so let's watch it, and then we'll we'll circle back. Cool. back oh my goodness <laughs> uh it looked like a movie trailer can we just i mean that looks beautiful it looks really good and here's i i, I mean like if it is anything like that it's going to be amazing every scene in that trailer is beautiful but here is my one hold up is that like i'm not really sure if any of that was like in game it could have just been like a cinematic trailer also it could just be really good marketing and it is really yeah, good marketing. It is really good. It's because, great marketing. Because right now I'm thinking, uh, Sony, if you're out there, if you're listening to that and you want to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> I would be happy to take a, play, a PS4 because I don't currently have one. But I want to get a PS4 game, just for that game. Yeah. That game looks just like- Just for that trailer. Just for that trailer. I mean, that looks amazing. So let's let's maybe if people haven't seen it, it is a. it seems to be like an open world samurai game yeah. set in like 1274 Feudal Japan, Japan. Fe Feudal Japan. Yeah. Um, it just oh looks gosh. like you're this like it just showed a lot of really beautiful scenery in Japan yeah. and then, like this one dude was like I'm gonna burn your village yeah, and, this, and then like your samurai like puts on a mask and like whoops out a sword and is like let's like mess some people up oh my gosh just everything about that screams Ben you're gonna love this game you do um, love your, uh, your, your uh, I do love samurai films yeah, your samurais. Uh, I love samurai <laughs> films absolutely um, that game looks now amazing. how do you feel about ninjas uh, ninjas are, ninjas are pretty good too. The yeah. samurais are peak. Well, and I wouldn't even say just samurais. So I would just say like, you know, the martial arts writ large. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's a bit different. Like samurai is actually a historical figure and so the ninja, but, um, yeah, I, yeah, I just appreciate, uh, all that. And yeah. It looks, looks really looks cool. Really good. Yeah. It looks really cool. So I would encourage you to check out that trailer. Ghost of Tsushima available the, only. The yeah. So with a T. So it's T-S-U-S-H-I-M-A. Yeah. And it looks fantastic. I don't know when it's coming out. I know it's coming out for PS4. Yep. And it looks like it's just coming out for PS4, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, yeah, it looks great, at least from the trailer. Uh, hopefully we get some gameplay soon and we can actually see if it holds up. Yeah. All right. Yep. On to uh, the last part. Recommendations. Recommendations. All right. So next week we are going back to movies for a bit, but different kind of movie. Yeah. We thought we'd go specifically kind of away from the... Um, well, anyways, narrative. Gonna, well, yeah. I guess they have narratives. But. Still narratives, but yeah. Anyways, we thought we'd go for a little bit more of a, uh, a real world approach. Literally, literally. <laughs> and so we're gonna go for documentaries. Yes, documentaries. There's a lot of documentaries out there, and I've I've seen a lot, but there's a lot I haven't seen. Yeah, I feel like this is like good laying the groundwork for different types of of media to talk about and revisit back in the future. Because yeah, for sure. I mean, already like documentaries is gonna be huge. Oh yeah, um, it's a big big genre. Yeah, and there's so many great ones to talk about. And we can talk about some of them next week. Uh, we'll talk about documentaries. But yes. what is... So we both have recommendations, though, this week. Yeah. Because well, we couldn't decide. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. So, so give me yours. All right. I am going to recommend a documentary called We Live in Public. Now, you have kind of told me a little bit about this, and I am dying to watch it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds really interesting. The difficulty at this point may be trying to track down a copy, but uh, I think, you know, through the library or whatever, you should be able to get it at some point. All right. I'll, so I'll we live in public. And All I'm right. not going to say anything else about it because, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Cool. What have you uh, got for me? Mine is, I know it's not going to be as deep as yours, but uh, mine is the parking lot movie. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's All really right. good. The parking lot movie. The parking lot movie. It's about parking lot attendants. I'm not going to say anything else about it other than that. Okay. Um, it's really good, though. Uh, it's pretty funny, um, and it's, it's very interesting. Well, then I will just say that uh, We Live in Public is about the internet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> cool. That's it. Um, all right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Residual Culture. Thanks for listening to this extended yes, uh, very version, you know, of, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll try to keep them shorter from here on out, but yeah. we'll see how it goes. Um, you can contact us at residualculturepodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Residual Culture Podcast. Yep. And our theme song today came from People With Bodies, and that is the it's song is called Finder. Finder. Yes. Uh, thank you to our friend Phil for that. He is a member of People With Bodies. Um, so I am Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. Thank you for listening. Optimism.